Pickaxe. Extended rest for the month of November is brought to you today by the lovely people at Dice Envy. DiceEnvy.com has a great business model. It's pretty much predicated on this philosophy. You can never have too many dice. Their website features acrylic dice, metallic dice, and of course, a subscription box. Starting at $5, you could send yourself something nice if you're a little selfish. Or you could send a buddy a lovely bunch of randomized dice every single month. Either way, we really recommend that you go check out this website because they have some gorgeous stuff for sale. And with Christmas coming up, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? We're all into tabletop stuff. We all love this hobby. And you need dice to play. Check out DiceNV.com right now. Um, I don't, I, I never know how to open Extended Rest, so hi everybody out there in the live chat, hi everybody out there at home, this is Extended Rest, the monthly wrap-up for all things DNR, uh, and to help you break down all three episodes that have come out this month, uh, joining me this evening is Jamie. Hi, I'm Jamie. And Xavier. Hi, I'm Xavier. And, uh, also, uh, the guy named Jasper. Hey, I'm Jasper. I thought we renamed him Arthur. Hi, I'm Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, episodes uh, 16, 17, and 18 are what we're going to be breaking down, and then we got some varying feedback from you guys, and we'll answer some stuff in the chat, because, holy shit, did I, I got my balls Busted over a certain episode. There was, there was, it was a numbers thing. It was the gambling stuff. Um, and we'll oh talk God. about it. We'll talk about I'm it. I'm so sorry. It was no, a I, it's my fault. Uh, it's not even a fault. It's, it's more, I, it, there's, um, there's know, some number stuff that didn't come up in the episode and we'll, we'll get to it. But yeah. <laughs> I saw some shit somewhere. Yeah. It wasn't shit because it's a, it's a no, valid no, point because the way the episode no, is I presented. <laughs> I didn't mean that in a particular I mean, like, way. Some good I saw, shit. Yeah, oh. no, I saw some, st- I saw some stuff. That's what <laughs> I mean. Oh, good lord. Off to the races! Arc 2, episode 16, recorded October 28th, two, uh, 2017, aired November 6th. That is, this, these, these last few episodes have been the quickest turnaround in a while <clears throat> because of the holidays. We're, tr- <laughs> we're trying desperately to. To, to get people to sit down because obviously everyone's going to be busy. Like to get six people to sit down, it's really tough. So, uh, but groups, uh, group C explores the city of Onacall and tries to find Elrath a cure, which, um, let's, let's jump right into that. Actually, let's talk about the cure. Um, did, uh, did you guys think it was going to be a little more difficult? Uh, or did you think once you got to the city, it was pretty much going to turn out fine? Ooh, good question. I, I honestly thought it would be – I thought – well, how do I put this? I thought that it would be probably pretty straightforward, but it was going to be – there was going to be a roadblock. Like we didn't have enough money or we would find the perfect person, but they'd be like, well, but we don't cater to your kind or something like that where we'd have to do something or, or, or overcome something or gamble or something. But – once again, taking more and more time 
away from, you know, survival for, for Elrath. So I, I thought we would do it, but I thought that there would be a big hurdle. But it actually turned out where it was like, oh, the biggest hurdle was just getting together to play, <laughs> really. And then just, you know, quickly finding someone that was the perfect person and a wonderful woman. And, and, and then it was done. And that was fantastic. And so not that it was anticlimactic, but I just kind of felt like, and she's, oh, wait, that was it? Like, we're done? Oh, awesome. Like, I didn't even know how to read. It, was, it happened so quick to react to. Um, so, yeah. I, um, I, the gambling stuff we, we'll get into in just a little <laughs> bit because that's been, that's, been, that's been talked about a bunch uh, this month. But I was really happy to see that you guys got to see – at least a little bit of a different side of Ona Call uh, before you got into the the big casino side of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Xavier, Jamie, what about you guys? What did you? How is the whole listing as a third party? How has the whole Elrath saga been? Satisfying. <laughs> I was so excited that they found the cure uh, as easily as they did. Um, I, I think it, it stems back to that they made the right choice on where to go because that would have really sucked if they got there after facing all that they faced through the desert and were told, oh, yeah, we can't help you here. You've got to go to this place, you know. What about you, Xavier? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I was going to say, like, I super agree in terms of, like, uh, climactic progression. Like, the desert was the final boss of the whole disease arc uh yeah, and like right. to have the priestess go like no 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 one more thing uh i, I think that would have been rough and it's been going on for a while too and they've like elira's been traveling with that for not just the desert but a bunch of episodes before that so it was really nice to just have mm-hmm. no like no complications just like here's your reward open right. the, this big chest it's for yeah. you that's true. It's been the entire arc, too, for Ella. Yeah. I mean, except for, like, the few minutes, right? And it's like, <laughs> oh, you've got, a, you've got a horrible disease. Like, shit, which way? Which way? Which way? Which way? Which <laughs> way? Can I just say, thank God we didn't go to the mountains. Thank God we didn't go oh to the mountains. Oh, my gosh. That would have been, been the so worst. Badly. Oh, it would have been the worst. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about to try and find your own herbs? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Do you think that would have went more poorly? Yes. I'll tell you why. Okay. Because going to Onacall as pres- okay, presuming that Onacall actually had people and that it wasn't some shocking surprise that the Eladrin were supposed to be there, but it was deserted again. You know, like something crazy, right? Right. Presuming that they were actually there and that they were there was a thriving you know city to be able to deal with. Um, that was the way to go. If we had gone to the mountains. It would have been solely on rolls, and mm-hmm. the rolls could have gone wrong. But right. on a call, wasn't on rolls. It was well, you you have it here, right? Um, now it's just a matter of like maybe diplomacy or paying somebody. So there's someone to, in other words, something to reason with. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Or steal or you know like I don't know just but but there's more of a of a weak more options. Right. Yeah, it gets down to roleplay more. Exactly. And in this case, it would have been like, well, give me a nature check or something. And it would have been like, shit, I, you know, crit miss. And everybody. You guys are fucked. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It it really could have been that way for two episodes, right? I, um, 
I, I was talking about this. Uh, me and Bree took a road trip today, and we were talking about it. That, that, that you're right. That has been the entirety of Arc Two for the most part. For Group C, has been trying to find a cure for Elrath. Trying, and it's it's nothing you could really fight other than finding someone to help cure it. There's no there's no boss to fight. There's no monster to hit. There's no uh, there, there's nothing tangible you can really do. Yeah. So having that burden kind of lifted off the party, I'm really excited to see what you guys choose to do now because the world's kind of your oyster again. You could go in any direction. Or do you think uh do you think because of the the negative way your first choices uh turned out, do you think that's gonna impact the group in some way? I there's no way that we can't come out of this with more of a reason to bond. You know what I mean? Like the desert was a really rough time. It wasn't like we all got like under a tent and played cards and like really bonded, but we all went through the trenches together. So I feel like mm. we have to come out the other side with a, okay, um, we're, we're kind of, we're a party now, you know, like we're truly a party. So let's figure out our roles. We're all healthy. We're all going to do something. Now, what do we want to do with each other? You know, in a way, because we really had no, we got sort of waylaid. We got Shanghai. Hmm. Well, let's jump into gambling. Let's 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 <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> Gabbling, you dumb shit. I just saw the typo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because before we started, you were like, "Oh, I was looking over a spelling error." <laughs> yeah, I caught two beforehand, and today today. If you were here when we were getting the group together, guys, uh, today has been tough uh, for for extended rest. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh! No, it's just it's it's the day after Thanksgiving, and things are going to go wrong. So maybe it's called gabbling. In, let's in talk the, about gabbling. Area. Let's <laughs> let's talk about it. Does does Merrick have a gabbling addiction? I I think. I think we talked about this a little bit at one point. I don't know if it was just you and me or if it was on something else, but um, Merrick has had a very strange life. And one of the things is he is, uh, he's had lycanthropy for a very long time. He likes to calm himself down by meditating and cooking basically because he's trying to keep that crap away. Um, For a while, he was released from the lycanthropy from the swamp witch and kind of went dead inside in some ways. Like it's, it's a part of him that he was missing. So there's this weird calibration of Merrick now that he's back on the road as an adventurer where he is looking for number one, things that can calm his ass down because he doesn't want to hurt anybody, but also to get like a little shot of the, in the arm because he's been like sitting in a, in a, in a in a restaurant for a while, which is what he wanted to do, but there's this itch, and so it's kind of like he wants to, you know, cut himself just to feel something, you know, kind of of a of a of a jolt. So the gambling addiction, I wouldn't call it that. I would say it's it's gambling curious because he hasn't oh. done it, um, but it's like holy crap, that sounds awesome. Like you could lose everything, but you could gain everything. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Not not considering that that could be very stressful. What's what's your relationship with gambling in real life? Are you are you a gambler? I'm just curious. 
I'm sorry. I was just doing that for, to be funny. Um, uh, long, long pause. Uh, no, not at all. No, no, not at all. Like I've, I've never gambled more than, um, uh, for bet- bragging rights or something like that. Okay. Like, truly just never, never cool. Anything. Cool. But I gambling. do think it's re- yeah, cool gambling. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a pool shark, so that's one thing, but I don't gamble. <laughs> Uh, no, it, I don't have any real interest necessarily in it, but I do think it's fun to to have fun with the games, you know, you know, as role play. So I was really wanting Merrick to be like, "Holy crap! There's a new world of thing to do," and and then just kind of go like get like a child about it, and maybe get a little you know careless in in the process, which is just part of the character anyway. So if something bad were to have happened, I wasn't looking to make that happen. But at the same time, it would have been interesting if it had been like, okay, Merrick has really fucked everything up because he's he like lost all the money and they can't heal Elrath, and like all of a sudden things are getting bad. That would have been an interesting story. Not that I wanted it to happen. Right. But. I've um I've heard it described, and I think it fits a fantasy setting somewhat well. Uh, but I've I've heard it described. It's like okay, you get the thrill. Of mm-hmm. maybe potentially ruining your life, right? That there are stakes. <laughs> you could either win everything or lose everything and whatever, but you're still alive if you mm-hmm. lose everything. Right. So it's not, it, it is a thrill, but it is, it's, it's, it's a, a somewhat safe thrill. You could be penniless and destitute and, you know, have no place to stay and all that, obviously. So that, that, that yeah. I don't know how accurate that is, but you are still alive and in a fantasy setting, <clears throat> to get that thrill of of like total defeat, you might have to be out there fighting something, and that might not end the same way. Yeah, and also after I've just remember this is becoming about Merrick, and that's not the point. But just thinking about his motivations as far as gambling goes, remember Arc One ended with like the this this small band of people effectively either and saving the world and or releasing the gods back into the world right so this is like big shit at the top of the world and so it's like what do you do next it's like uh, you know i could completely see someone like merrick like getting into just being an alcoholic or a gambler or just something just like to get a jolt like a thrill like that for a moment after doing that kind of shit but that's not quite where he is but so could this be like the beginnings of his gambling addiction I mean, it could be. It's not necessarily. Um, well, let's see. Let's see how Onakal goes. Basically, mm. <laughs> I, I mean, like that. I, I do like that everyone started getting into it after a while, though. It wasn't just okay. a Merrick thing. It was no, no, no. Uh, the horse racing specifically. Even people who didn't bet on the horse racing were still like cheering for different horses, and I thought that was really <laughs> fun. Yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed listening to that too, and I think someone on Discord probably uh, referred to it as like a mini game kind of thing, and I had totally that vibe of like getting on board of something that's like on its own is super super thrilling, mm. uh, even though it's like not the main story or whatever. But like in its own little pocket universe, this thing was like so important to be listening to it, and I wanted to know which horse would win. <laughs> uh, it was really well put together. Um, I think the music helped out a lot with that. Actually, uh, mm-hmm. Bree edited that whole episode because uh, of because of the turnaround. We were both I think we were both editing episodes that week or something. And uh, yeah, the, I, I think the music underneath that kind of added and obviously cutting all the little pauses because if you're there live, there's a lot of little pauses. Where it's like okay, we got to roll, and then you're waiting for the table, and and she really slimmed that down so it it it, it was even better. So that was. Uh, 
I, I think that helped a hell of a lot. Yeah, good job, Bree. That was a cool bit. Yeah, amen. <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of Bree, uh, Clara takes on <laughs> Talati Kane, the prize fighter. So there's this Minotaur, for those of you who might not have caught the episode, there's this Minotaur, uh, female prize fighter in Onakal, who is undefeated and. I love fist fights like this because there's no there's no harm in doing I mean uh, there's a little harm but there's there's no life or death to it it's just a it's just a sparring thing it's it's mm-hmm. uh it's for it's for bragging rights not life and death and I I really love stuff like that um it was it was closer than I thought it was going to be honestly uh cuz I believe Clara got her down to like, uh, well, how we'd refer to in fourth edition, bloodied, I think. So that that was not an absolute failure in the chat. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, And let's see here. Poe. Let's talk about Poe for a second. Oh, oh yeah. poor Poe. Cool Poe. Poe. I'm Poe. so sad. I really like Poe. What uh, what was everyone's thoughts after that? Because I I <clears throat> it's one of those things I haven't really talked about it with anybody. It was like, yeah, he's out there somewhere, he's in hiding, and the group kind of it was a really good perception check, to be honest. <laughs> um, but what were uh, what were everyone's thoughts here? I mean, I think it made a lot of sense that he would be feeling that way and acting that way. I also think that Merrick handled that situation perfectly. Um, Yeah. I honestly, I don't think it could have gone. I mean, it obviously could have gone worse, but I don't think it could have gone better because he seemed pissed. I, I really, really liked that character archetype. who was like, he was very cheerful and like a like brave fighter in the past and stuff like that. And then something happens and you see him like like time passes and now he's this grizzled like drunk. He's not like a, a useless drunk. He's kind of like the he seemed to me more like yeah, like you said, the pissed off drunk now. And I don't know. I was just it gives him an an edge that I really liked Poe before, but now I'm really into like oh, where is this going now? I'm I'm stoked. If you. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you look at what happened just in arc one, <clears throat> like a hell of a lot happened. Bree's obviously the catalyst for a lot of this, but just the the Ravens not being what they used to be, they kind of lost focus, and then you kind of lost Leora a little bit just because it you can't you can't just hang out with someone with that much responsibility all the time. They're doing their own thing. They have they have things that they need to do. So. To anyone who used to have a, a group of friends or a constant in their life where, oh, I hang out with so-and-so and so-and-so, and we we are tight, we hang out every day for whatever, even if it's bad times, and then four or five years go by and you look up and you realize, <clears throat> I, I haven't talked to these people in a long time. I don't, I, I can't remember the last time I've really interacted with them. And you kind of get, you could get disillusioned, you can get sad, especially if you don't have something in your life currently to take that place. And I, I, I feel like Poe's kind of in that position right now. Um, especially when you don't even get the chance to say goodbye. There's no, there's no, there's no chance to, um, say goodbye or, or have that kind of closure because someone else kind of made that decision for you is what he feels. 
Poor Poe. But I, I, I'm I'm interested. Maybe maybe something could get going again because um, Elrath seemed to have some kind of still has that want to help people out. Still uh, still is interested in that. So maybe there's maybe there's something. I think there's something to um, uh, yeah. This is the kind of arc that's supposed to happen in a way where it's like yeah, the world kind of sucks now. Everything's kind of gone to shit, and it's like. No, you get your get your ass out. You get your, no, stand back up. What the fuck are you? No, you gotta you know become right. Slap, slap him in the face, kind of a thing. Because he's <laughs> he's been too good. He's been too good at 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 what he's done in the past. It's too. It would be a waste for him to be that way. So I could see you know some a couple of people at least in the right. in the group getting on his case, not in a bad way, in an encouraging way, like like not even Mary didn't have that close of a relationship with him, you know. No really so i don't know that it would be his place or care to do it but i can imagine in another reality where merrick you know gets him the big handle of jack daniels at the end and says like okay you're a drunk here let me get you a let's just get to look at fucking wasted let's do this you know come on man you know let's go and then 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 whenever whenever he like the next morning whenever he's like oh my god did i just drink that much merrick's like all right wake up get up we're going running. We're jogging. No, you're training now. Like, like uh, go, go. We're gonna go, sweat go. it like, out. That was your last time. Yeah, that's the last time. That was your last drink. You know, um, you know, and get Poe back into shape. That would be cool. It was. Um, you and I talked about it after the fact, but it was Poe a couple of times now in the show. It happened with Dagon, and it happened a bit with Merrick in that situation where there's something about Poe, and I'm not exactly sure what it is. <laughs> But there is something that rubs people the wrong way. And I don't know if it's how I play it. I don't know if it's the things that he chooses to say. <laughs> but there's just – there's a tu- there was a touch of animosity in that uh, – at least for one point in that conversation. Yeah. That's true. That's definitely true. And I, that I, we talked about it a little bit afterwards. But mm-hmm. I think it could have been – well, no, it definitely was that there was a misunderstanding of, right. what, of how you were playing Poe and what I thought. Poe was saying, and then so Merrick acted back to Poe. Point is, is that that it was like the, I remember exactly what it was too. Is you, Poe pauses, and he says, "See the way I see it, saw, or heard it, or something like that, right?" So he's like, right. "See whatever you just said is kind of bullshit because what I heard, <laughs> and 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 that made me think, oh, he's he's being a drunk, you know, he's going a little too far, belligerent." You know, he's being a dick. And so right. Merrick's like, oh, really? You want to do that? Okay, I'll do that too. And get, you know, and, and really, you were just saying, like, no, I'm sad. See, you know what I heard? <laughs> <laughs> and so all of a sudden, Merrick's like, you fucking asshole. And it's like, what? I'm just sad. <laughs> so that, that whole moment was weird. And, and we talked about it a couple times after that. But oh, yeah. It, we, we had to sort of hash it out as like, okay, does that make sense for that to have happened or not? Or what should we do about that? Is there, does, it, does it change anything? And really, I feel like, you know, I think it just plays out the way it did, where Merrick thought Poe was being he was poking him why i don't know but merrick was like well no you don't poke me i'm gonna poke you back and then it's like okay hang on he's a drunk he's sad okay i'm sorry dude that was all a mistake you know i think that's fine like i think it works out that way and it's it is some of it could have been um expectations right because uh previously on the show he could be a bit sarcastic 
and kind of ball busty a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, it seemed that that's how I was thinking that it was coming across, but I think it's just the way that you play him, but it doesn't mean that you mean it that way. Right. It's just, he's got this voice to him. That's like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's like, Oh no, you asshole. What do you mean? You guess. (laughs) (laughs) And, but, uh, but Bree saying in the chat right now, it's like I remember uh, in the chat she she did immediately because I, I play Merrick like what you asshole. She's like Merrick, his best friend just died. How could you? And I'm like, oh shit, wait, what? Oh right, oh my god. And then so you know, it unfolded that way. But I it, forget exactly it, where I the line was. I do, I do, I I remember there was. That, like I toss something out expecting a completely different like response, <laughs> and then when I get back, it's like, oh shit, we took a left turn somewhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how we got here. <laughs> I I tried to help resolve that though because I I tried to think about it like Merrick would have thought. Wait, what what are you trying to do? Oh, right. Oh, you're a drunk, sad person. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You know, like I, you're right. Like you. I'm kind of numb right now, you know, because I've just been through arc one and been in the kitchen for a while. So maybe, maybe I should cut you some plaque. I wasn't thinking about that. So I don't know. I, I feel like at this point, um, you know, Merrick didn't have much of a relationship with Poe, but I, I do feel like he would take a shining to like, all right, dude, we, we got to get you back up to speed or something like that. Try to help him out. Try to right. be a nice guy instead of suspicious and, you know, having just come from the desert for a few days. Does anyone else have anything to say about uh, episode 16 before we move on? Just, uh, just a little side note about the Eladrin. Uh, I know this isn't the episode <laughs> where it introduced Donacall and what it had become, but mm-hmm. like, man, I really want to see what those two years were like for the Eladrin coming back. And we're like, oh, oh we're not the most powerful, like, society in the world anymore like we're gonna have to adapt what's like we don't have our magical might anymore what's the what's the next best thing and they went like money and just their flair for business and just like uh uh, opulence is just like through the roof and they're like yep that's what we're gonna what we're gonna do to find our our power again they it's I there are a few stories that it's like man I, through the 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 two year jump we lost some moments and we've talked about it on extended rest before too and it's like that's one of them it's like boy that'd be that'd be kind of neat to show people that culture shock that uh, that moment of coming back and having nothing like starting kind of from scratch but having all the the tool sets and skills that they had when they vanished. Um, mm-hmm. And the stuff that, that lives on, obviously through the decades was their ability to use magic and their knowledge and all that. There are some things, obviously like they understand commerce. They understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're, they're good pitch people. I, I feel cause that's a, uh, just like in real life, it's a tough thing to convince people to trek through the desert, to gamble their money away. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And that's something else I really appreciate that like they have to be good business people because none of them were like you know those sneering Eladrin that we've been like hearing about and stuff like that. They've all been very like good customer service and very polite. Oh, yeah. and like, oh, okay, yeah, they might they might spit in your food, but yeah, that's <laughs> super but nice. They're good at it. Yeah. Oh, they're the French in so many ways. 
Um, yeah, I guess so. No offense to your French part of you, uh, Xavier. I mean, no, no, I'm just like saying, like factually, yes, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I, that's one thing that I absolutely want to be able to explore. Because if you're, if you're going to be in on a call, no matter who you are, whether you're Merrick or any other character, you've got to say, we got to go take a minute and see if there's like a museum of the Eladrin came back. You know, like, is there a history place of some sort? I think that would be fascinating. Yeah. Do not think for a second that they aren't the type of people to talk about how hard they had it and how oh, they no, overcame sure. the struggle and the, like. Oh, a, I can't wait to see this. Trust me. You know what? You know I, I I biased for on a call. Like I love that city. Like the first thing that I like episode I don't know like thirteen. What was it uh, when like the first time they go there? Uh, when group two went there, it's just like the first description of the fountains is just like the, just the, the water. water so yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just <laughs> like, this of- is like, but the description of the city was so cool and it stuck with me for so long. And then it was like, well, I guess city's destroyed, but now it's all back and it's like better and like bigger and better. And I'm like, I just want to hear more of it. So I, I hope you keep gambling a, a whole bunch. <laughs> I, I want, I, at this point, it's about like, a little bit more gambling at some point, maybe to get a little more cash because we kind of ran out of shit. But um, <laughs> but at the same That's time, <laughs> yes. But at the same time, then it's like, guys, we're actually in Las Vegas. Let's like go check it out, right? right? Let's go check out the strip. So I'm excited to do that. Yeah, there yes, were so, someone in the chat of, said like, did you see any uh, Duncan Joy Batom impersonators? Oh yeah. <laughs> Or like a wedding, you have like a David impersonator marrying you. Oh my god, uh, that's good. You that's gotta nail good. the Dan laugh. That's how you. That's how you get a job <laughs> as a Duncan Joy Batom impersonator. You gotta nail the laugh. It's 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 distinctive. Oh my oh, god! And the T-shirt. We had there is a T-shirt that not to promote bullshit, but no, to promote bullshit. Let's promote some. But bullshit. to promote bullshit, the T-shirt is yes. uh, exists. The I lost it all in Ona Call. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the that's way, uh, is totally on sale right now. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's thirty uh, percent off right now in our store. If you go to the amdrpodcast dot com and you click on the little banner up top uh, or the little store icon, boom, you could you could be wearing one in like a week. <laughs> Shit! <Chill. laughs> I dare you. Oh my god. Let's talk about episode 17, Trophy, which was recorded on November 5th, 2017, turned around and presented to you guys November 13th, 2017. I think I said 2013. I'm 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 out of it. Uh so this is a group A episode. Group A continues through the Evergreen in search of Calcas and the elves that live there. Um Amvin both Amvin and I think Michael, uh, and probably Maddie and Susan, <laughs> um, <laughs> really want to do something with those gates. And I don't think they're alone. I, it's, I gotta ask you guys. There are certain things, like Ona Call, it's like a toy, or, or like a book or something you start to read, and then you put it down for five years. <laughs> And then you pick it up again, and it, 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 it's. Th- th- I feel like that's 
that's something that happened with the gate. Like the gate was something, it was a huge focal point in the beginning of the show. I feel in arc one, uh, with, with group one. Uh, and they were, they were hell bent on doing something with it. They finally got used toward the end of arc one, but now with, um, with the scions gone and everything like that, I think that some people figured that's a lost cause. Uh, do you guys feel that something is going to come of that in arc two? I feel like I'm going to die in real life without ever knowing what's up with it. But that said, with uh, Amvin on board, uh, I think like I feel like that might be the most like uh, practical angle we have on the gates so far. Like the 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 academic one, and like he's very invested in it, and he's got the documents. We've got like a, uh, a security alarm bypass to go there now. I, which I guess is what it is. Unless Pretty it's a much, super yeah. alarm. <laughs> like it detects really, us yeah. a few minutes in the future. Uh, uh, Beyonds don't yeah. really do that kind of thing. If they were, especially Britannia, it would be more of a, don't go there again, if it were if it were that. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think this this time's the one, except like, uh, like I don't know how much of a priority it's going to be, but I, th- like I, you know how like Amvin always, like any moment he has, he's gonna either write something or like work on his books. So I feel like that's something he's gonna constantly be absorbing, just reading through those files and like trying to just come up with with solutions or explanations for what it is. And uh, I like yeah, I'm 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 this time I'm 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 hopeful. Does it ever bug you um, playing Donovan, who isn't really a isn't really curious about things like that. Does it ever bother you uh, that uh, that you can't actively pursue it in character? Oh, oh no. Jamie got disconnected. Oh no! What? No! I'm back. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I had two cats fighting, and I had to. Anyway, oh, no. where were we? Talking about Donovan not being interested in in the gates so much, but Xavier mm. being interested no. in the gates. No, that's really that's really okay. And maybe if no one else in the group was interested in them, maybe I'd try to shoehorn something, but probably not. Uh, just because, uh, like, getting into like the, uh, Donovan's mind, like, there's nothing really to do with those, unless maybe asking powerful NPCs like, what's the deal with that? But no, I'm actually like really happy that two other characters are invested in those uh and it's not a it's not a problem at all hmm. like for me as a player at least what is donovan's like biggest motivation i know that's like a super open-ended question and but like i'm watching like i'm as you as i listen to the episodes for group a i'm mm-hmm. like i love donovan because he's one hilarious i feel like he always speaks what's on his mind but I don't really know a lot about him. And you don't have to say anything you don't want to, but I want to know more. <laughs> yeah, well, it ties in a bunch of stuff, too. Like, uh, when I made Donovan, I wanted wanted him to be, like, both the simplest possible character, but also have, like, okay, the more you know, the more, like, you, you, you mm. get it. Uh, and, like, on the surface, it's really just, like, I wanted to make the fighter that's in the bar and that wants to get drunk and, like, flesh that out a bit. A lot. <laughs> Uh, but like with that first premise, uh, yeah, he, and I think I, like he says that in the next episode we recorded, but like, 
he he wants to be on the move and like kind of like absorb as much as he can from the mainland it's just like culture and stuff like that and like how like meet different yeah like uh, societies and people and just like mostly like learn how they have a good time and like what their culture is what they're into uh and yeah we'll get into that more as we as we play but that's the biggest focus he's got that's super cool there's uh there's a group A episode coming up uh, after after this extended rest goes out, so that'll that'll kick off December. Yeah, it's a doozy. I had a lot of fun in that one. Oh, dude. <laughs> not to tease you guys. Uh, that's not uh, that's not anything. Yeah, <laughs> so I got I got hit up with a PM actually uh, not that long ago. Um. There is, I, I feel like there's a slight misconception that I tell you guys what's coming up in an episode while, before we play or, or about a secret or something like that to maybe to stoke a fire. How, to, to, to clarify how, like things like the gates, how much do I tell you guys in advance about any of that stuff? Uh, not enough. No, yeah. <laughs> it's not zero. It's like a negative value. Exactly. It's uh, so frustrating. Like specific example, the episode of the gates, <laughs> and like we before recording, we were talking like DM to DM, like Jason, like how, like does it ever happen that you prepare a lot and like because I was trying to prepare one of my games, I was like oh, I always prepare so much, and then I do like the first two lines of my notes, and it takes like four hours for a session. Like, do you ever do that? Like. You feel like mm-hmm. you didn't get as you like as far as you thought you would. And he's like, yeah, it happens sometimes, you know. Like that's why I like to keep things open ended. And then we rolled that twenty or that nineteen in the forest and found yes. the gate. And at the end of the episode, you're we like, well, I used nothing I had prepared yep. for today. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I like. What amazes me on the show so much is how how adaptable you are to uh, like uh, the 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 chaotic nature of dice rolling and like how good you are at just like doing it like super quick you don't edit edit out of 15 minutes you're like well let me think about this now like i have to yeah. write it this thing you just mm-hmm. like it's keep immediate. rolling with it <laughs> and i think that's why it might look like we knew ahead of time is just because you know your notes so well that it doesn't take you time to like get into it because uh, I, I, I assume you have your list of like things that could happen based on the D twenty roll. Yes. So you know you know ahead of time, and like every little line that says like nineteen, there's the gate. Like you have two books written about that one line. Well, that's so. the thing. I can. D- I'm not good at writing things down, so it's in my head most of the time. <laughs> I know what the value of the dice would be should you roll. So when I ask for a D twenty roll, you know. I, I know what to expect. And I could do that within about a hundred miles of where every group is. The problem comes when me and Bree are working on something like the setting book and you pan back to a continent. Mm. And then it's like, what's going on here right now? It's like, fuck, give me a sec. I don't know. Like it's, it gets, it can get muddled because it's very, there's a lot going on in a continent. And you don't think about that until you're writing something like that. And I'm used to dealing with it um, on uh, like a session level, so it's different. It's 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 a completely different feeling. I've I've worked that muscle for like five years doing this, so I can do that. Um, the writing thing, 
I very much lean on Bree uh, for that part of it because it's it's a completely different muscle. I'm not used to mm. doing. Yeah, so if I that makes like, you feel any better. Like, yeah, and, and to address that 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 comment like one last time, it's just like to the extent that like you'll tell us something about the game, it's going to be like. Do you guys feel confident today about finding the elves? And that's about it. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, for sure. Like, we've been walking towards the elves for two sessions. Like, of course, we're going to get there this session. And then, and then like, Jason goes, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... It wouldn't be any fun if we knew ahead of time either. Like, That's how that, I think. It, it would be so boring and the fact that the world is so open and there's so many different ways things can go is what makes it exciting as a player you know i wouldn't want to know ahead of time even if it would benefit the party yeah and to the credit of some players like sometimes it seems like it was written because like the chemistry is really good between jason and some of the players and between players sometimes so like i i'm impressed uh, like i'm uh, i myself find like thinking like what was that scene written but no it never is and that's yeah that's wonderful i could point to one time in the show's history and it was four and a half years ago or so where a scene was scripted in advance and you can tell if you go back and you listen to it you could pick it out of a lineup i think uh because it sounds different than everything else that's happening on the show even Mm -hmm. at the time uh and that's something i I, I think it's an incredibly difficult thing to jump into and just improv like that. And I don't think it's a skill everyone can do. I think it's something – it's a karaoke. It's like, oh, yeah, pff, I, I could sing karaoke. Let's do it. And then you could tell the difference between someone who's really good at it and like someone who is just trying it out. Um, let's, let's talk about a dice roll that went uh, – that, 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 that kind of went nuts. One or many. Well, okay, if we're talking about Rob, poor Rob, in this episode, <laughs> six. Six <laughs> is the number of times oh, no. that Rob tried to use his flame blade attack. That's pretty amazing. And six is the number of misses. Um, How many rounds were there? Uh, like four? Four? four. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's even He worse. even had yeah. extra turns. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I gave him two extra misses. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but he's okay with it. Like we talked about, he's like, yeah, of course. Like, of course this happens. Like, <laughs> you know, Rob. Oh, my God. We got a lot of blue flame blade chanting in the chat. And I asked <laughs> in, in the in the episode coming up, I made sure to ask because he did clarify in this episode. It's just it's just a flame color. It's just red. It's just kind of a RNG red flame color. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks, Steve. Clarification: three rounds. Three rounds. Sorry. <laughs> that means he got two for every. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Poor guy. Now, on I the can't other wait hand, to see how Ubo reacts to not hitting anything. He. Did he deny it? Like it's just. No. He... No, I did not hit it. It wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Masoka leaps over a wolf, or slides under a wolf, and cuts its damn head off. Uh. And, and as he's do- as he's doing, it, I picture like that Kill Bill blood spray, where it's just yes. an, just an indecent amount of blood. Like 
10 times more blood that could have ever occupied the body of a wolf. <laughs> and, um, I, Rob, man, to, to, to his credit, I think everyone did a great job, but Rob directly after that battle went into the entire bit about, it's like, you pretended to be an awful fighter this entire time. And you, oh, that was a good joke that t- like, it's yeah. just so good. Yeah, man, James is on some le- next level weird Masoka stuff. Like, I <laughs> there's something, there a new gimmick every episode. I just, I love how completely different that character is from Dagon. I, you don't realize how funny James is, and we've we've mentioned it a couple of times. It's not just the funny stuff, but like you said, weird stuff. Yeah. Does it it's ever like, catch you off guard? Because you guys have all a the great time, all the time. Uh, okay. Oh, super off guard. Like we, when we created characters, like we had, like we talked a bit because like we had a shared part of our history. Uh, so we, we went like, oh, okay. So like we can just come up with like, f- not fake, but like make up canon as we go. Like, oh yeah, that one time where this happened, this happened. And like James does it constantly to a point where I'm like, oh, I need to like do it more too. But like, he's so good at just like in- inventing or like cementing who Masoka is as mm-hmm. he goes. Uh, and yeah, like he's really fun to play with and like, he'll constantly do like the, the full moon joke. Like Ugh. when he says full moon tonight, I was going to make a joke like, and then he shows his butt, but then he actually shows his butt before I have <laughs> even time to pro- process what's happening. Uh, and then he, and he starts doing like crazy acrobatic maneuvers when he fights and it works and it's super bizarre. And I just love it to death. I love seeing shit like that. When someone wants to improv in combat and it could either, you either look like a hero and a stud or you fall flat on your face into the mud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to see that get pulled off, it's like, thank you dice. Thank you. Cause that, that does, I feel like that doesn't happen as often as it could. <laughs> oh boy um, <clears throat> so speaking of Masoka there's a bit in the episode where he's talking about wanting to find his family his father specifically um, and we get into this a bit in the in the next episode but to uh, to, to Jasper and Jamie what I mean, obviously we know what's up, but how do you think something like that would play out? Like, let's say he did find them. In the elf encampment? Like, soon? Let's say he found them at all, in general. Mm, I don't even know. Um, I really don't. I, I can say I really don't know because I haven't caught up with this. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm a dick. No, not a dick. Well, no, I'm a dick. Those are totally unrelated things. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I haven't caught up with it, so I can't even comment on it. I would, I would say I, it's hard to tell because when he's talking about his parents, he doesn't seem upset. He seems more curious. I feel like maybe the other party oh members God. would be upset and maybe Masoka would just be questioning, which is different than the Masoka, you know, we all are getting to know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's a tough one. The bit about um, <clears throat> he was talking to Maddie and uh, the, the stuff about the orphanage and how, 
how awful right. it was and how growing up, I would be bitter as shit if mm-hmm. it were me. Um, but Masoka might not take it that way. Masoka might take that a little more in stride or I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really sure how that's going to happen. And maybe being with a group over time, if it took a year or two or whatever, that could soften him if he were mm-hmm. angry. Uh, maybe not. I have no idea. Yeah. And I think it would depend on the reason too. Cause you know, when you meet your parents after never meeting them, you, the first question is where, where you been, yo. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like whatever the reasoning for them putting him in that orphanage, if they're even still around would harshly determine how the encounter would go. Right. Oh boy. Um, and finally in episode 17, they sit down with Britana um, they talk about the orcs, they, they talk about the destruction of the evergreen, and <clears throat> they essentially are speaking for the orcs and saying they will not, they will not trespass, they won't cut further into the, into the forest, and, um, and, and in turn, you will not attack them, and we're going to figure out something a bit more long term in the process. Do you see, how, okay. How about this? How do you see this all ending? Do you see them uh, getting along? Do you see a long-term partnership or relationship in the future? Or do you see this coming to blows? Uh, I think there's a way. Like, I, I think the, the current leaders are all, like, willing to, to do what's needed for, for this, like, sustainable co- coexistence to, 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 like, to happen. I think like tension might arise from the other orc encampment someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like orc infighting might be what uh, stirs a fire in, in all of that. But I think that the the, the Mozog uh, specifically are are really willing to cooperate, and they've got a lot of like land to expand on going south. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and with like Envin and like Group A kind of. Not monitoring, but like uh, being the, the the connection between the orcs, the elves, and Winterhaven. Uh, I feel like there's some some communication channels that are open. So yeah, I I think it's totally possible that it it could work. Hmm. Um, I'll tell you right now. I don't. I'm really bad with names, but I feel like that the leader of the orcs is going to get murdered by that other douchey orc. Yeah, and then I the guess. That's thing, my guess too. And then the whole thing is going to fall through and it yeah. won't be anyone's fault. It'll just happen. Hmm. I, I do feel like if you're going to have orcs um, left to their own, like, you know, in, in the background, like, so the, the scene is over, everything's done. You go away from the orcs. If you just leave them there, something bad's going to end up happening. Like, there's going to be, like, infighting, like you said, Xavier, or something like that. So I don't have hopes for stability. Let's put it that way. Um, in the chat, and I've seen this before, uh, Aiden's saying those elves are not to be trusted. I've seen more mm-hmm. of a split on this issue than I thought I would see in that, People are accusing the elves of being the ones who might first strike. Hmm. hmm this is. I don't know. Bertana did say that one really dicky thing to Kelsey's character. They did. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, there is a little bit of. 
unnecessarily, I will say as well, because Kelsey's character, I cannot remember the name again. I'm bad with names. Aster. Aster did absolutely nothing to gain that comment from Bertana. It really bothered me. Trespass on Forbidden Ground? Yeah. Really? I thought they didn't find out about that. Oh, no, they knew. Oh. That's that's why. So at the end of the scene. Oh, okay. It makes a lot more sense to me now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was coming out of straight nowhere. And I was like, no. well, you had an actual elf leading the party. <laughs> it's more, and maybe I delivered that line poorly, but it's more almost playful in that uh, it's like, well, any elf would know that the word forbidden is, you know, <laughs> like th- that, that type of. Um, yeah, so that that is uh, that is definitely a thing. They 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 kind of know what's going on in their own forest is basically the implication. Yeah. <sighs> <clears throat> but yeah, I'm I'm I mean, time's going to tell with these orcs. And uh, oh man, I I was just thinking about uh, some things that happened in this next episode, and uh, I'm anxious for people to really hear that. So <laughs> we'll, we'll all meet back here next month and talk about it. Uh, finally, today, before we get to Therian feedback, we're going to talk about episode 18 of our two alerts. It was recorded on November 11th, 2017, and aired November 19th, 2017. Uh, this is a Group B episode. Group B, <laughs> Group B decide what to do with Ripley while addressing their past uh, with a black hand. Get ready, Jamie, because we're going to be talking about some stuff. But first, um, let's talk about the deal. That, uh, that, that, that Ripley was kind of putting, uh, posing to the group, uh, because I, it sounded like there was a split in the group, like almost down the middle. It sounded like, uh, it sounded like Karen and Valerie were very much leaning with, let's just, Let's just go with it, essentially, and then just leave. Let's ditch the whole mm-hmm. black hand thing. This is leading to something. Uh, th- this is leading to something bad. Let's just forget about it. Um, mm-hmm. how, how did you feel about it? Well, it, I felt I feel like Tatiana was put in sort of an awkward position, right? Because they came out of the room and started talking, and then accused her of working with Ripley or not or unknowingly working with Ripley to be like his next in command. So at that point she was sort of like on the defensive of like, okay, whatever the group wants to do, I got to do because I don't want them to think that I'm not with them. You know, Um, I think if she, if that hadn't have happened, if they hadn't have sort of called her out, she probably would have pushed to take the deal Um, because, you know, she doesn't want to mess around with the black hand based on the stories that she's heard from Braylon and Calden. Hmm. <clears throat> um, what about you guys? What did you, did you, the, the deal essentially being that if Ripley were let go and allowed to just leave, then he would send, send word to, to, to Donhurst and let his people know not to attack anybody there, not to do anything, not to, not to steal anything. Um, and then he would help, uh, Braylon and Calden fake their own death and then go to the Black Hand and say, look, we didn't get the bell yet, but we did do this. They won't be a thorn in your side anymore. Um, did you think that the group would take the deal? Did you think that deal was fair? I I think that if 
Braylon and uh, Calden were just the two of them on their own, they would have made the deal. But the reasoning, uh, I don't remember who it was. It Tatiana who who argued that, uh, or was it Karen? I don't remember. But someone argued that what's the point of faking your death in like if like that you don't? Karen. Yeah, was Karen, Karen? If you don't like leave now, yeah, uh, forever. If you're gonna get uh, twisted and like in there and like the black hen's business again like what's the point of faking your death and i think that's what swayed the decision really mm-hmm. and it was a good point like yeah <laughs> totally do you feel like faking your death could work in a situation where you're going to be out on the road all the time yeah for a while maybe hmm. for a while but it's like like player jamie knows that the black hand always find like is an information junkie so it probably wouldn't have lasted long honestly Yep, I completely agree. Like, I feel like in in Theria and the way that everything is so has been so related, partly because this is a story about lots of things being interconnected, right? Over the many years that this has been happening, there's no way that that would be like okay, and everything's cool. It would be more <laughs> like you're okay for now. It would always be a specter hanging over, and I, I think it would it would come to to a head not long right maybe for a while until it gets really easy and then all of a sudden it's like in a dark alley aha finally got you ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so let's talk about ripley <clears throat> uh and anytime we talk about ripley i have to apologize for that voice uh <laughs> just like i did <laughs> if you listen to the behind the scenes um then you can you can hear me apologize for that voice when we take a break because it's icky <laughs> and I don't I don't even like doing it all that much. Yeah. No, he's he's good. He's good. Like he's a solid character. Like I enjoy him. Well, you might be seeing more of him. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, Tatiana mm-hmm. had an interesting exchange with him. Um, how would you describe their relationship at this point? Uh, I don't even know. Honestly, I really don't. I think in the moment it was just like, okay, I have to think about what she would be feeling. And I don't think that she would let him die. I just, uh, I don't know. It, it It felt like as much as she has all of these like mixed background with him and you know the him getting her in prison and everything it's like she still cared about him during that time and I don't think if anybody was ever in that position they would let their previous or I mean maybe I don't know they would let their previous relationship just hang in front of everybody despite how they once felt for them Mm mm-hmm But their relationship right now, I mean, I'm really hoping we don't see Ripley for a while because I feel like Tatiana is going to get a talking to by the group. It's a very interesting <laughs> it's a very interesting scene in that I feel like uh, Tatiana is very much in control and mm-hmm. uh, can pretty much say whatever she feels like she needs to say. To the point of threatening castration. Mm-hmm. 
And then, uh, to those of you who may not have heard this yet, stabs, uh, right in between his legs, not touching anything, but the, the chair beneath him with, with her dagger. And then leaving the dagger. And fair being fair, I did a dice roll, uh, to see, uh, if he were to be able to use that in a situation and get out. Um, and we'll find out. But interesting. Because <clears throat> fair's fair, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say you do see him again. Mm-hmm. How how do you feel like that would impact uh, Tatiana's relationship with the group? So I, I'm worried about that. I honestly don't know if she would be honest with them. Because um, I don't think she would think that they would understand. Um but I, I don't see any go- any like positive for Ripley spilling the beans either. So uh, I don't know. I don't know that she would be honest about it because they were already questioning her trust before, which I mean, I guess they had a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically, they've only known each other for a few weeks, you know, and it was sort of like a, okay, a two year relationship with a person or this group of people who I've known for a few weeks you know, um, she feels very connected to the party and she wants to continue traveling with them. And I'm hoping that the, this decision doesn't fuck that up. <laughs> it might, I don't know. It was hard to read because the chat was mostly, um, pretty <laughs> when we were playing, the chat was mostly pretty silent. They were all gung ho when I was stabbing in between his legs. But as soon as I said, <laughs> She's going to leave that dagger there on purpose. <laughs> Everybody went silent. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. To me, that was the most interesting thing you could have done. Like, I like, I like that moment so much because, like, a few minutes ago, just deciding if you took the deal or not was like, oh, well, well that's where we see if Ripley goes free or not. And then mm-hmm. you come back around and you're like, well, there's a third option. And mm-hmm. it was so well done. Like, that was a really cool RP scene. So, yeah, I really really enjoyed it. Very much so. <clears throat> um, I like Alex's... It was jokey, but his... his <laughs> him calling you a traitor for the rest of the episode. Yep. <laughs> Even on the Facebook page afterwards, there's, there's a Facebook page for each group um, and the basement and stuff. And... Him, <laughs> he continued to do it even on the uh, group, the group B page. <laughs> oh man! So you guys end up hitting the road because you want to get to Donhurst, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the road, Vincent Delorne from uh. Brightport. <laughs> uh, Vincent catches up to you guys, and he's uh, he's a little bit more humbled after his trek through the river. Uh, and being essentially caught up with that for days. Uh, and he comes to the group basically hat in hand to say, look, I need your help because you are the last people to see this woman, uh, the woman in the carriage. Uh, and we need to know any information you guys might have and all that. And apparently this woman, if the accusation is correct, has stolen a dragon egg from Tessia Grimness. What were you uh what were you guys thinking after after all that came to light? Uh I was I was a good like little 
uh, uh, like other side of the middle situation. Uh, was this the first mention of the uh, like order of the scales? I think it was called uh, on the show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> here's how like the coolest people. Oh man! If 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 someone from the show gets to meet these people, I am so excited because uh, it's there's it's like it's like any group of people who are passionate about a thing. They're the people who can really speak to you on a level and go, "Oh, I understand why you're passionate about this thing." Then they're the complete nutsos who make those people look bad by comparison. <laughs> and I'm really excited. Um, we do a Patreon game each month. Um, uh, Patreon.com slash D-A-N-D-R. And uh, right now I feel like they're getting ready to head in that direction. And I'm really excited if they do because, man, ah, oh. uh, so, so cool. Um, but, yeah, I... I I was really impressed with the group, um, just how they handled it afterwards, because I know the knee-jerk reaction usually to treat an NPC who doesn't uh, doesn't speak to you in a certain way right off the bat, it's easy to dismiss that NPC. It's easy to go, well, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know every group has had a run-in like that, so it was it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It what was definitely think? a big facepalm moment, you know, where it's like, oh, shit. Well, I, like, I have an inkling when, uh, when, uh, when it happened, when they met the really nice lady and, like, they helped her. She was super nice and went on her way. And then you meet the other dude who's kind of an asshole, very pompous. And he's like, I'm, I, she's a thief. Get her. And I was like, no, <laughs> we won't. And it's like, yeah, okay, it, it might be, like, a reverse situation here. But the fact that the actual reverse situation was just, like, so tied to like Calden, kind mm-hmm. of just like, oh, you fucked up, Calden. Like you <laughs> fucked up. You yeah, fucked up. that was that was really cool. What do you think is going to happen um, as a result of this? Do you think that Vincent is going to be able to catch up to this person? Do you think that? What do you think they want an egg for anyway? Uh, well, I mean. We know that the egg is from House Dragon Keep, or did I no, surmise that? It sounded sounded like it again. If Vincent is telling the truth, well, then I mean, like House Dragon Keep probably like is invested in this white dragon egg for replacement purposes. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just like hoping to see like a. A scaled-down version of Amara in the future. Like a reused asset with a larger head. Hmm. Well, it's definitely for... I don't think we have to worry about, like, anything bad happening to the egg because they worship the dragons. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think that anything bad would happen to it. It may just be raised under bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> just brought up wrong? That's the- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Jasper's internet is choppy, so we're gonna, we're, we're just yep. gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm here, it keeps, sometimes I'll just hear a, a few, every other word or something like that, but it's because I'm at, in, in South Carolina redneck, uh, <laughs> uh, internet land, so, I'm here, I'm here. But, 
that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna make do. This is the this is the little extended rest that could. We're gonna we're gonna make it to the end. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's mentioned in the chat. Uh, Irish Katana mentioned it. Uh, loved Alex apologizing for Calden's behavior. Yeah, him apologizing for uh, Braylon apologizing for Calden blowing Vincent off the first time is amazing. That it's it's really it's really quite good. And to close out our recap of episodes that have uh, that have occurred this uh, this month on DNR and couldn't have timed this better if, if we actually had planned it. Donhurst mm-hmm. from the outset, you guys arriving in Donhurst, uh, beating the Fang there appears to be empty. And this is the part I want your wild speculation. I want your, <gasps> I want your guesses. Um, uh, what do you think is going on? I had mentioned at the end of recording our episode that I think that this is, um, oh my gosh, what was the terminology I used? Oh, I think this is sloth fever ground zero because Nuh-uh. there was a big fire. Don't. Ooh, interesting. Don't. <laughs> well, That's you don't have to feel responsible for guess. this one. <laughs> it happened before. No, it's their you. fault. You can blame them. But that's my big prediction. Ah, shit, man. <laughs> Uh, my, my big one would be, I'm talking big speculation. That would be cool. It's the first big concrete sign of what happened since the release of the gods. Mm. Something massive. I mean, the, all of the, um, Eladrin got swooped up and put somewhere. So, and that was all the God stuff. Mm. It could happen again. With the city, I guess. Or it's Rapture and only the people who don't hurt were true believers. <laughs> I was going to say Rapture. Yeah. <laughs> Donhurst was just super religious. And can, yeah. can, I, can I tell a 60-second story that, that reminds me of that's funny? Go! Okay, so I had a friend who said that her when she was growing up, her parents were incredibly religious, like super, super, super uh, Christian religious, um, and which is in this story not a bad thing necessarily. The whole point is that that uh, her brother had a go kart out in the backyard and was going around in circles, and you know just like having fun like a stupid little kid, just going near, near, near with the go kart, and. Uh, the the mother was looking out of the kitchen window, you know, like washing dishes or something, and watching it happening. But as this as the kid went around in circles, actually fell out of the go kart because it was going in circles, mm-hmm. and it and the and the steering wheel was stuck, and it was still going around in circles. <laughs> oh, and no. the mother came out screaming that the rapture had happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> screaming that that she had been left behind. Oh no! She had, yeah. Right. Okay, let's move on. That's a good story. <laughs> well, I got uh, I got a couple of group B's on the books, and maybe we'll get to it. And I want to say something to uh, our lovely our lovely friends on Patreon. We do this Patreon game. Theria two and the Theria that appears on the show are different, and um, that's all I'll say. That's that's all I'm going to say. So, 
Do you guys want to get to some some feedback? Yeah. Uh, This one comes from John M. Kiefer. On a scale of one to, oh my fucking God, we're going to die. How spooked are the players of Group B about the circumstances within the walled city? And are they still concerned about the members of the Fang who are still on their way? Or has that been put on the back burner? Um, I think the weirdness of there being a city with no people probably in the group's mind has taken precedence, but I don't think we're going to forget that they're on their way. I think Mm -hmm. we're probably going to look around the city to see if we can find anything and then sort of decide what to do. Like, do we fortify the gates to keep them from getting in? Do we try to figure out what happened to all these people? I don't know. On a scale of one to 10, uh, I would say... I would actually go with like a six because we don't know what's happening. So it's not really terrifying yet. It just has the possibility of being terrifying. Hmm. Um, speaking, uh, I, I, I saw something posted um, not that long ago. It's like, oh, a deserted city means a potential TPK, something like that. I don't think this is a – this is going to be the same as a Lockford situation, um, this is, mm-hmm. this is a different thing and we'll see. Yeah. We'll see it's what comes yep. um. no. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is, it's exactly the same as every sci-fi movie where an away team goes to an abandoned <laughs> ship. It's, it's sitting there and they're like, well, I don't see anything, but all the lights are out. That's what this is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just a premiere of the new season of game of Thrones. <laughs> I was just watching it. Can you imagine the Don Hurst uh, mechanics? You know that happened in the in the in the in the titles. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Kate Ellis. Out of all the things that could have been in the back of that woman's carriage, goddamn it, Jason. Uh, <laughs> I doubt uh, I doubt that anyone expected that. I'm very excited about this new plot point in Theria. I hope that after Group B is done with their current adventure with Donhurst, <clears throat> uh, they track down that woman ASAP, because who knows how many episodes it'll take before you hear about her again. On a totally unrelated note, generally, how long does a dragon's egg take to hatch, or is it dependent on how it's taken care of? Well... Uh, as we saw with Amara, it depends on how patient you are, I guess. Uh, traditionally, it can take up to a year for a dragon to, to hatch, uh, depending on how it's taken care of. However, um, there are certain, there are certain, uh, rituals and, and blood magic and things like that that could definitely speed up the process if you so wanted to. Uh, however, it does cause quite a bit of pain, uh, to both the person performing it and the dragon itself. So, Take that how you will. Uh, Jamie, hmm. do you think that that's something the group is interested in at all? In tracking down the this girl and this egg? Yeah. Uh, probably not right now, honestly. I think Calden will probably write to our love to apologize, I assume, because he's been in pretty consistent communication. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just so much other stuff going on and if this Vincent dude has it handled, hopefully then (laughs) I think we're probably going to stick with the giant plate of stuff we've got right now Okay, that makes sense I mean, we're missing a hand to deal with it all, so That's, oh, yeah, that (laughs) 
<laughs> unlike Group C, where they had a pretty contained problem to deal with, I feel like Group B's journey has just been problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's very interesting. Uh, and finally, Chris Ebo. Uh, great work so far. I thoroughly uh, have been enjoying everything. Question: How much does Jason try, and uh, how much does Jason try and set pacing? Obviously, the players do what they will, but how active a role does Jason take in setting the pacing of events or story? I I feel like that's a question more posed to you guys. Oh God, <laughs> I don't I. Sometimes you'll step in every once in a while, but honestly, I feel like if we said that we were going to sit down in the desert and play solitaire, and we actually played it card by card, you'd be like, okay, okay, yeah. let's do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really don't think the pacing is, is set, by, set by you. I think it becomes clear to other people in the party. We all sort of social pressure, like, oh, let's, let's move on. But, but boy, there were some group, like early group one stuff. That was like there was no pace at all. It was just like right. right. Yeah. It's a little different if you're talking about like events in Theria because there is a calendar for that type of that's thing. That's true. Yeah. So it's all sort of pre. That stuff is predetermined, but like the actual gameplay isn't really paced out at all. It just sort of happens. <laughs> I um, yeah. No, I, ahead, I, I was sorry. I would no? say you chime in the most when. You want to make sure that everyone's had a turn, uh, mm. a moment. That, yes, definitely. Uh, yeah. And you don't force people to take a turn either. You're just like going to ask if would like before we move on, would anyone else have one last thing they want to do? Like, do you, you'll do that uh, both to inform us that they like, yeah, we're moving on, but also like want to make sure that there's no missed opportunity for us to to bring up uh, or like come up with something. So it's never nobody's ever stepping on 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 anyone's toes uh, in terms of like if people have things they wanted to do they'll still get a chance but you're also like aware of when something's stalled and you'll want to move things along. I don't feel like things stall out very often. No. Um, I, I you guys are great at uh <clears throat> I feel like you all have a pretty good uh, compass for that kind of thing where you'll realize this isn't going anywhere or I'm done. I don't need – like you, none of you are big monologuers. Um, mm. So it's not a it's not a thing where it's like it is minute 20. Uh, Jasper will not shut the fuck up. I guess I'll just interrupt. <laughs> that happens in real life. That's real life for <laughs> that's me. That's a break. drink, which yeah, is all oh, the time. Yeah, well, so- <laughs> fair, fair, fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think you guys are really good at uh, kind of using time to your advantage and stuff like that. I, I feel like I really have to jump in unless it's to, to give the result of dice rolls or something like that. It's more mm-hmm. tense situations that I feel like um, I, I, I kind of keep a closer rein on things because I'm trying to set a mood more than, uh, right. than anything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And I think Arc 1 was different too. Like I, I think even – in the last game we played, you had mentioned that towards the end of arc one pacing was an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But for all of arc two, I think all of the groups, I love where the pacing is at right now. I feel like there's just enough time for all the role play stuff. Everything seems pretty balanced as far as like role play to battle to, you know, other. (laughs) Right. So. 
Yeah, that's am... another thing. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, please go right I ahead. I was going to say, like, the, the switch to 5e made combat, like, mm-hmm. way more pacing-friendly. Like, it's it's fun to do combat, and it fits well with, within, like, one episode. You have time to do, like, multiple scenes and combat now, which we couldn't really do before unless we had, like, four-hours episodes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was mostly one big combat, like, 75% of the episodes, and then either the resolve or what was before the fight. Uh, but the last episode we did, uh, just like such a good balance of like all the all the points you want to hit in a D and D game. There's like the role yep. play, and then there's like the the combat, and then there's the like random element that we have to roll with that we weren't expecting. And then it's just mm-hmm. like a nice little package, beautifully wrapped, and uh, yeah, I loved it. I I forget how much combat uh, kind of aids us in what we're doing now because I don't have to pull back. Um, I, I don't have to, because 4E combat was basically designed from the ground up. Well, you're going to do this eight or nine times in a day. So we're just going to set everything up. Like you're going to have, you know, seven to nine fights, which mm. is insane. And then the fact that fights took two hours sometimes, sometimes four. And I, I know combat like, um, like the end of arc one, the one that we, we talk about as being the benchmark because, it, it was four or five hours long, just the combat. Like, that's a freak occurrence. But at the same time, just having a fight with you, like the direwolf fight, that would have taken two or three mm-hmm. times longer in 4 oh, yeah. And um, this is our sixth, uh, this is our sixth extended rest, which means we've been doing this for six months. Arc 2 is officially six months old. Oh, congratulations. Oh, congratulations to you guys. Um, and it doesn't feel like it because I feel like everything's just coasted along so much more smoothly mm-hmm. uh, since we really dug in and did all those changes. Yeah, I guess as a whole too, like the way the episodes are are, are produced, like there's a a rhythm to each group playing in their own respective like slot, maybe. Mm-hmm. But like there is a consistency in like whose story we listen to. And I think that helps to like maintain a good rhythm for like everything overall. Well, uh that is it, guys, for Therian feedback right now. Um uh, I'll try to get some more going on this next month, and w- I try to collect them as as we get them. But this month was a little more like, hey, get your stuff in today, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I really want to thank you guys for making time the day after uh, Thanksgiving to to sit here and do this. And I want to thank everybody out there in the chat for making time to to hang out with us and and oh. spend your Friday evening. Well, you're welcome. Can I address one no, last I- thing before we leave? Because I, sure. I don't want to li- li- let him have the hook. Can we address Calden's problem? Oh, uh, God. You know what? Yes, let's do that. Um, <laughs> you're, I, I assume we're talking about the small animal thing. Yeah. And, like, I'm not going to give you my whole, like, the, the whole vegan spiel on it, but uh, <laughs> there's two kinds of people who do those, who makes, who, who like, tear off the limbs of, a, of an animal. There's right. psychopath, and then there's scientists. <laughs> the difference between the two of them is that one does it for fun and the other one's paid for it. So it's up to mm-hmm. you to decide where Colin falls in this. Oh he may say it's research, but who's funding it? I cannot <laughs> wait for Callie to find out. What do you... Okay. It's going to be a bloodbath. I see her beating him up, honestly. 
if you are on our uh, our Discord server, uh, you th- w- there was a bit of a chat about this. <laughs> now, Ian swears that there's a good reason for this to be happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know how. I-, I think because it's such small, cute animals. And if this keeps going, we're going to add sound effects, guys. It's, it's, no. it's oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but we got to do what we got to do. And we're going to add sound effects the next time something like this happens. Uh, oh, the sad thing is that the sound effects are going to be actually small animals being torn <laughs> apart. And that yes! is yeah. really oh, rough. Yeah, like, Jason, Jason I've, got, I've got folly. Do you want, you want my folly, Jason? Oh my I'm God. Ian. This is my Ian impression. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's spot on. It's uncanny. There's tons of recordings. Tons of recordings of this. <laughs> oh, but I I'm interested to see I'm interested to see the reasoning uh on, on the show and everything like that. And I've talked to Ian about this. I, I know a little bit about some stuff, but I'm interested to see if that comes to light before uh before Callie might find out. Mm. <laughs> That'd be interesting. It it, it certainly would. Um, and unless anybody has any more thoughts on this, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and close out this extended rest. And again, I want to thank everybody out there for for joining us. And thank you guys once one more time just for just for making this work tonight. Um, and uh, we will see you next month with uh, with a brand new. I believe we're doing it on a Saturday because Elle's birthday actually falls on the it's at the 29th, which would be a Friday. So we'll post about it. But thank you guys, and we'll see you next time with a brand new extended rest. Thank you. Bye everybody. Bye. 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 Later. Adios. Goodbye. We really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Extended Rest, and if you did, maybe consider helping us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash d-a-n-d-r. There you can find a plethora, a cornucopia of stuff, tons of extra content, and hours of things to keep you busy on road trips, on jogs, on walks, whatever you do. We're there to keep you company. There's behind-the-scenes content for each and every episode of the show. There's the Beastery, where we cover a random monster each and every month, break down its stats, what it's like in the world, how it fits in with everything else, and, of course, things like the character chat, where we sit down with a random cast member and we just kind of shoot the breeze and talk about things that uh, you probably didn't know about their characters, about their lives, all kinds of stuff. This month we sat down with Izzy, and here's a little clip from that. Having having all that said, would you have rather let Una slip away than pursue uh, any type of resurrection? Would you have rather re-roll a new character? Would you uh, would you have rather left the show earlier? I think I would have. I think that's not too difficult of an answer, really, because I think I probably would have left her dead, or just just because a resurrection is a difficult thing to handle, and I think it was fun and it worked. Um, but I think the character of Una was always a bit more confused after that. Mm. Um, just because it was difficult for me to think, you know, like, you know, the, the loss of faith is an experience that I don't really remember. Right. And so being able to tap into that was a bit, was a bit more difficult for me. And so I think the character was a bit more confused post resurrection. Not that I didn't have fucking fun, you know, like that's, that's the caveat to all of this is like, you know. If, even if I'm saying, you know, oh, I wish it in a different way, like I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't change the experience I had because it was awesome. 
Um, but if I could do an alternate timeline and experience both, that's what I would do. Um, and then, yeah, maybe like wait a month or two just to take a break and then re-roll a new character, I think is what I would have I done. It was really nice to get a chance to talk to her again. It's been about two years, a little more, uh, since the last character chat. Uh, and we had you guys ask a bunch of questions. Of course, you could do so on our Discord uh, for future things like Living in Theria, where we tackle a random person, place, or thing in the world and just break the entire thing down. There's a newsletter. There's seriously, there's all kinds of stuff. So if you go to patreon.com slash D-A-N-D-R, you can help support the show. And of course, get a ton of extra content for yourself. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. And until then, thank you for listening and thank you for your support.